Following the death of her estranged mother, Linda Stevens inherits a retirement home called Montclair. It's been in her family for generations, but Linda is considering selling the property. When she finds her mother's diary, weird things start happening once she starts reading it. Pretty soon, Linda becomes convinced that something is in the house, watching her, stalking her, in the 1982 psychological horror flick Next of Kin. I'm Connor Azagari. No, I'm Kale Luger. And this is Filmgasm. Happy Wednesday and welcome to the Filmgasm podcast. Today's episode comes courtesy of Oscar Sunday host Austin Johnson, who chose this one for us. I think this might be the first Australian film we've talked about on this podcast, so bully for us. <laughs> uh, yeah, because yeah, I don't think we've actually covered uh, any Australian films off the top of my head. Nothing by George Miller or uh, Mr. Greg McLean, as I found out those are the only two directors I know, apparently. Yeah. Have not amazingly have not yet talked about the Baba Duke. Uh, have done Mad Max. Like we, yeah, this is our first uh, step in, in into the outback. <laughs> well, it won't be our last. So there's like with that said, there's a lot of good Australian stuff out there. I mean, it's like any other genre, cinema, right? And uh, or not genre. Ah, uh, cinema coming from an international country, like they have you know good stuff in every single country. You just gotta find it. I think the word you're searching for is culture. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a very long day since uh, for me on the recording date, so I apologize for not all here. I'm going to do my best. But yes, every culture has, you know, something to offer in the world of cinema. And uh, the few that I've seen have been really good. You know, I've seen the Wolf Creek movies. I've seen, um, you know, the Mad Max films. I've seen Rogue so and Babadook. So I've seen, you know, a, 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 you know, a small amount. And I've enjoyed, I can actually honestly say, all the ones I just said, I've enjoyed Right on. Yeah. I haven't seen Wolf Creek or Rogue, but I've seen the rest of the films you mentioned. And uh, yeah, Australia has an interesting uh, vibe going for their for their horror films, especially. Uh, before we get into it further, I've got one update on the rewind. This one updates our past episodes on Scream, Scream 2 and Scream 3. The full trailer for Scream 6 dropped and I could not be more excited. The film arrives in theaters on March 10th, and it looks like it could be the most brutal scream yet. doesn't look like there is anything tongue-in-cheek about this one. This is a full-blown slaughter fest. Ghostface isn't fucking around this time. No. Well, and what I like that before this, um, you know, they, they were making the comment, whereas with the first one, obviously, or not the first one, but the you know the first one that the Radio Silence team did. Five uh, Cream. Five um, obviously, they, you know, they wanted to make something that obviously stood... Stood out, but at the same time was, you know, in re- in reverence to, you know, Russ Craven and bringing this back. Whereas this one, they're like, hey, we did our one that's a reverence to Russ Craven. This is this is ours. Like, this is now full on 100 us moving forward with all the things we set up. And you can tell it in the trailer. Like, you know, obviously it will always have the debt, you know, owed to Russ Craven. But now it's like the shackles. I don't even mean that in like a negative concept at all. But the shackles of like we need to make sure this is a good, you know, um, homage to Wes Craven, and the, I, with that kind of out of the way, and now saying like, no, we're now we're gonna make our screen movie. You know, you're on board. We got you on board. Now we're making our screen movie. You can tell in this trailer, like this is their screen film, probably more than the five cream was. Um, and I I can't wait. It looks great. I love the cast. Um, 
I we were kind of talking about Ford, but look, to all the people that are bitching about Ghostface, Ghostface using a shotgun, shut up. There's nothing wrong with the killer using a shot, especially in the context of the scene they show, which is the store cloak is about to shoot him. He wrestles the gun away from him, shoots it, and then proceeds to, like, looks like he chops it, or I'm sure he'll find a way to not have the gun anymore, but who cares? Like, it's it's Ghostface doing his thing. He looks like he's going for, like you said, brutal, just going for the juggler, and, you know, I've, obviously they got the cool thing on with the mask, which they've said is very much, there's a point to the way the mask looks the way it does. There's just a lot of cool stuff going on with this, and I, I can't wait. So clearly that's the mask from the first movie, probably. Like, it's degraded because it's been through the ringer. Probably. That's probably what it is, especially in that whole scene they showed, like, this is someone that has been obsessively uh, like watching over or just, like, obsessed with this. Um, when they showed the, the killer room or the screen room, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, like, it. I'm very excited. Obviously, I know, I know you... You, uh, you text me about it also. The fervor is once again hyping up that it's going to be Stu Mocker. As I just looked, I personally, I can't just keep doing this sequel after sequel. So I'm going to be contrarian and be like, no, it's probably someone we're not expecting. Well, I'm, I, I'm sure it'll be great. <clears throat> I just think, you know, considering what we learned about, I don't remember her name, but our, our new hero, our new heroine, from Five Cream, Billy Loomis's Sam. daughter, Sam, I think. Sure, I don't. I've seen. I saw Scream Five once. I gotta watch it again. But um, you know this Billy Loomis's you know legacy is attached to her. I'm sure they'll do something with Stu as well, like his brother or some shit. I don't know. But I I want. I just don't want that to die. It's like the one bit of Scream that has not yet been explored further is what the hell happened to Stu, if, if anything. <laughs> He died. Who hasn't had a fat TV fall on them? Come on. It's not going to kill you. I haven't had a fat TV fall on me. <laughs> Nor had my face electrocuted. <laughs> in in movies, though, like that shit doesn't kill you. I, I'm glad you're holding on to the hope. I'm just, I can't keep doing this, whatever you need, especially because they've already talked that, like, you know, they do have an intention for this to go into a Scream 7. Like, this will be like their trilogy of Scream films. That I'm like, I can't just keep doing this every single sequel. Like, I, I don't get me wrong. If they can find a way to pull it off and make it all work, absolutely. And I don't, I, you know, I'm not going to sit there and be like, roll my eyes if it were to be Steve. You know what I mean? If they could find a cool way to blow, uh, pull it off. I mean, if like, look, for being honest, the only one, only time the reveal I ever thought was stupid, the closest they got to that was like Scream 3 when they were like, Roman's been pulling all the strings. And I'm like, oh, we're pulling that archery. <laughs> well, didn't they have to do that because the real ending of like, oh, it's actually Stu got leaked. Yeah, that's one where it got leaked. So I think one of the original ideals was like he was going to be in prison and like he had different people in Ghostface masks doing everything. He was probably pulling all the strings, which would have been cool. But yeah, the, the new reason was just like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, frustrating. Well, Radio Silence pulled it off with with. Five cream, and this looks exciting and different. You know, we're in New York City this time, which is cool. A lot of new opportunities, and uh, Ghostface looks relentless and scary. So, you know, bring it on. I've enjoyed all of these. Oh, yeah. I mean, dude, we're in New York City. You got fucking returning cast we love so much back from the last one. I'm not talking the legacy characters. So I kind of one of those. I'm like, you can, I, I'm cool that we have Gail. I'm not going to bemoan that Gail Weathers is back but at the same time like i'm definitely been one of those i was like hey we can move away from the legacy characters now it's fine 
Um, but having the returning cast from last one back is awesome. Obviously, some of these new cast members like Small Reaving being in a screen movie is kick ass. Um, someone like Dermot Maroney and the fact that they were finally able to get Hayden Fantasia to come back, which apparently I read was because they were having issues finding her because she took uh, a, a break from uh, from acting from the public there for a bit. So this is like her, not just in a interesting way, her return to scream. It's her return to acting in a very major role. Um, so good for her. I'm, I'm I'm absolutely hoping that whatever she was going through is worked out and she's, you know, coming out a stronger, better person. Um, but you know, having her come back to the franchise is awesome. So yeah, I'm 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 excited for what they're doing. I can't wait, and I I hope it's just as successful and that the you know whatever proposed plans they have for the Scream Seven to cap off their trilogy comes to likes. I do want to see how this all wraps up. Yes, as do I. Cool. Well, you know, the more we learn about Scream 6, the more updates we'll have over here. Uh, very cool. Um, so when um, when Colton and I recently did Back to the Future 3, uh, we spotlighted a film we went and saw. And since I figure, you know, we both went and saw Missing, we might want to say a little bit about Missing. Uh, good movie. Go check that shit out. That one, Missing, really, it's a good one. Yeah, yeah. If you look, I you know, I I gave I gave him my trash a lot of shit. But like, if you're you know, just for those going into it, if you're not into what has been, I guess, dubbed the screen life films, I think you're unfriended. Host, um, searching, which this is actually missing is a standalone sequel to searching. It even makes a nod at the very beginning of missing to searching. Um, it was the 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 Netflix show she was watching, and the uncovering the van that was actually a direct reference to searching ah. um um so what you know it all takes place on a computer screen so if that you know if that bothers you probably not your type of film but if you don't mind it i'm personally cool with it i'm, I'm all about those films i actually really enjoy them um yeah it's a really cool film it's i actually stay on the sequel searching which if you haven't seen it definitely check it out Searching's great that you know they find a way to like i said it's twisty it's turny um storm reed is fantastic in the lead i'm definitely um it looks like this will really be her year between that and um you know her playing being in the last of us tv show as a, a pretty major character that video games fans will recognize um and obviously with the success of that show going on like they just had an increase in viewership from you know episode one to episode two so good for her she looks like she's gonna have a great year um yeah if you're looking for something different out there well not out there but different um for twists and turns and generally makes you go, what the fuck? A lot. Um, check out Missing for sure. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I I echo everything you just said. It was surprising. It was unpredictable, and it was it was good. It was really good. Um, yeah. Well, you know, since we don't have sneak preview anymore, whenever we all get to see something, you know, might as well have a little impromptu brief chat. I definitely like it better than sneak preview. Or there's sometimes I was like, I don't want to talk about this movie. I'm looking at you, Deathlow, now. I know. I'm the idea for that show was great on paper, but then once we actually had to do it, <laughs> Jesus Christ, was that too much? It was too much. Yeah. So yeah, no, yeah, I'm, yeah, I like this much better. And hey, missing again. Look, man, I'm saying it right now, like 2022 was a strong, strong year for horror in all aspects. 2023, man, January is off to a great start already. Between missing and Megan on like the theatrical front. Like we are, holy shit! Like 
please don't let this like just go down here because we are off to a strong, strong start already. Yeah. It's all in M. Night Shyamalan's hands to carry the torch further into the year. And uh, well, if I were a betting man, I'd sit this one out. But, you know, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. I got, you know what? I got the last of us on Sundays until for like seven more weeks. It's okay. <laughs> ah, M. Night, you were so promising. Hmm. Yeah. But more on that next week. <laughs> so, to start things out here, my question to you Next of Kin is kind it's it's built as a haunted house movie until the reveal of like oh no it's just crazy people but i wanted to talk a bit about haunted house movies um when it comes to haunted house movies in particular do you prefer a slow burn or a more direct approach i'm gonna say direct approach because the thing with slow burn is that at that point it is so wholly reliant on how invested you are in the characters and the story being told um so I'd say a more direct approach because I'm like, okay, like, like just let me like these people enough and then let's get to the scares. You know what I mean? Let's let's get this thing going. And I'm not saying I need like fucking insidious conjuring level scares happening like every five fucking minutes here. Um, but I need something, right? Like I can't just be sitting here going after 30 minutes of nothing, sitting going, man, I really like this family, but nothing's happened in like 30 minutes. Um <laughs> So I would say, yeah, I want a little bit more direct. Give me something, you know, spooky and stuff to uh, get me going. You know, it can be something as subtle as like, you know, the one that people go to the changeling. There we go. Uh, with the ball that comes down the stairs. It's a subtle scare. It's not like a big, like big old CGI ghost. Or something. It's just a subtle little like ball coming down the stairs. And because of the context of it and the scene we just watched, it's terrifying. So something as simple as that, right? To keep me kind of going, oh, shit, oh, shit. You know what I mean? Um, Because where I don't mind, and I have nothing against slow burn, and I do think there is something to be said about a good slow burn. Again, you have to be invested in what the hell is going on with the characters in the story. And if you're not, then by the time the scares do happen, I'm kind of, I'm tapped out. Yeah. And that goes for any film. You know, you, if we don't care about the characters, it ends there. Like we need to have some kind of emotional investment just to keep ourselves going here. And this film was, you know, Quentin Tarantino famously referred to Next of Kin as like Australia's Shining, which is high praise, but also let's, let's calm the fuck down there, Quentin. It's <laughs> that's see, that's going to give me very high expectations. And it did. Um, and then, you know, other reviews calling it, you know, refer, rep, uh, comparing it to the Changeling and rosemary's baby and I, halloween at one point it's like are you guys did you watch the movie <laughs> or are you just like throwing out you know are you just like dropping famous names at the club like do you even know these people <laughs> that's, that's like what it feels like the guy that says they know someone famous they really don't yeah that's what it feels like sometimes when people like review movies and they just compare it to better movies and i'm th- like i actually watched it and i'm thinking like i didn't see that Come on, man. Let me in. I know. I know Diddy. Come on. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I think the next of kin. I didn't like it. There it is. I just. I didn't like it. I thought it was way too slow. Not a lot of reasons to get invested. 
nothing happens until about an hour 20 in. And by that point, you're like, you don't care anymore. And that sucks. I wanted to like this. I really wanted to, but I just couldn't, I couldn't stay on board. I couldn't do it. Yeah. No, I, I mean, look, I, I, I liked it a bit more than you did. I think I basically gave it like a three star review on, on letterbox. Um, well, I liked it, but I do, I do see that point. Cause even I'm like, this movie's a little bit too slow for its own good. Um, and that's why I say like, you know, when you look at a good slow burn, right? Something like so a lot of the films they actually just mentioned, like Halloween or fucking, you know, uh, what was it? God damn it, got compared to Shining. Jesus, it's been a very long day for me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, The Shining, you know, these other films, Rosemary and Berry, right? Those are slow burn films, but also like they have things happening that, you know, and you're invested in the characters, you're invested in the story being told. That you you can you let that slow burn, you're fine with it. Um, because at the same time, like to, you know, go ahead and play devil's advocate. If you do do too much of the other side of like being direct and like let's have stuff happen constantly, you have kind of what to me happens in a lot more of modern films, um, which is so much stuff happens, you're fucking tuned out because you're like, ah, there's too much, I don't care. Like there's too much noise, too much shit going on. I don't care. So you gotta find. I mean, ultimately, you gotta find that perfect balance, that perfect you know medium um with it yeah horror flicks are all about the sweet spot you know you don't do, you don't have enough people aren't gonna you know people are gonna fall asleep you have too much people are gonna complain so you gotta find middle ground um i think rosemary's baby might be the most effective slow burn horror film ever made because it's entirely about what might be happening like you're not okay. even sure this is really going on you just you know you're watching it through rosemary's eyes you're it's unfolding at the same time it's unfolding for her and you're just thinking what what the fuck's happening here? Like you don't see anything apart from the dream sequence and then the ending when it's revealed that you know mm-hmm. he has his father's eyes and all that shit. But I, you know you you care enough about Rosemary and her situation to be invested. You want to find out what the hell is going on. I didn't feel that with Linda. I was like, I didn't even know what the hell she was looking for. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. This is my second time watching. The first time I watched this was, and this is a shout out to my. One of my favorite things I enjoy watching every year. But um when I first discovered this, it was on Shudder, but it was uh The Last Drive In with Joe Bob Breaks when uh season four was airing. And um, you know, again, for those of you who aren't like familiar with that, the way it works, you know, think Ovira, Svengooli, um Vampira, like, you know, horror host that, you know, airs during the regular, you know, during his season, airs two films every Friday night. And but instead of going commercial breaks on the films, it cuts back to him every so often. Like they place it at certain points and then he'll give you like facts and trivia and things about the film. A lot of times they bring on guest stars. So then when they cut back to him, it's actually him doing a conversation with Eli Roth or the, the Blumhouse guys when Halloween, I think kills was coming out, you know, things like that. Right. Um, And that's how I discovered it was through that when he, it and it was funny because I remember when he did it anytime I cut back to him he he even warned the audience like guys I'm just gonna warn you this film is slow <laughs> and, he, and it, through, periodically he'd be like all right you guys still with me I promise we're getting closer to something happening <laughs> like, see the fact that he has to come out and be like trust me good stuff's coming tells me like is is this even worth it like, I don't know. I don't think so. Like, if, if you know a movie is going to be so slow, you're going to have trouble paying attention. Like, do you even want to watch it? 
Oh, the, the Twitter discourse, because that's another thing with the with the driving rides. Like you can, if you follow like the hashtag meme fan, all that stuff, you can discuss what you're watching on Twitter. And, you know, it's a big community, community thing. Right. Yeah. And yeah, dude, it was just full of people being like, my God, this movie is so slow. <laughs> I think I think he showed it first. I think he was his he showed it first or second. He made it in a second. He's like, I think he was like, let me show this art from first to draw people in, and then we'll do this one because you fall asleep, okay? <laughs> yeah, this movie's kind of a trap. It's like, you know, I got this really cool psychological haunted house movie. Just trust me on this. Trust me. Please, trust me. And you show it, and then now the other person's stuck there. I, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, no, it, it was fine. That was my first time watching it. I was like, okay, this is this isn't bad, but it's definitely like a little too slow for its own good. Um and it it definitely in that case, I would say my first movie was better because I had the enjoyment of going back to Joe Bob and his his banter and obviously with you know Darcy the Melgorn, their kind of thing going on to liven it up, you know, every so often throughout the film. Um whereas watching this time, I was like, Yeah, this film is a slow burn, like not the worst. Like I have seen ones where almost nothing fucking happens i like at all not even like this one at least with the last 10 minutes but yeah but at that point once something actually started happening i didn't even know what was happening because i was like who is this like what's the investment here like who's that guy her son like oh that's the aunt like who's this kid with the shotgun like i just couldn't I had no frame of reference because I was like so checked out. I had I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then I I do think they they should have done something because they keep mentioning like how oh how could you have left and it's been left to you and you know you didn't you just left and didn't say anything. I was like those elements here for something like to really dig into and like may especially because it looks like this is a small community. To dig into, like, maybe is she crazy like her mom? You know what I mean? Blah, blah, blah. And the film doesn't really get too deep into those things. Um, well, in my, in my research, the um, I learned the original idea for the film involved, like, a cult of, like, kill-crazy Australians who were, like, you know, rule, like running this community. And it was going to be kind of a black comedy. But I guess, like, either couldn't afford that or rewrites happened and we got left with this so i i don't know but uh that sounded really good though right yeah basically this was almost hot fuzz <laughs> yeah it, like, like i said i don't um you know i i can get why someone you know why people were like this um you definitely put it in that camp of films to me like like men hereditary like that as much as I hate saying that quote unquote elevated horror, um, you know what I mean? Because it's definitely going a much different route than uh than uh what you think it's going. I, also, I, I real quick, I think it's time to retire elevated horror and just call these films what they are. Horror. Slow as fuck. Just because it's you know not hack and slash constantly does not make it a brilliant masterpiece of a horror film. No. And actually it's I see it looks like we're getting past that. And I think again 2022, A24, even finally decided to like break the shackles with things like Pearl and X and a lot and bodies, bodies, bodies and stuff they were coming out with. It was like, oh hey, look, even they're finally trying to break the damn 
Shackles. Like the most A24 film that came out and horrorized was Men, and it was probably one of their worst, like performing ones. So it's almost like people went, Yeah, no, A24, we don't want that anymore. Stop it. Like, well, like you said, you know, horror comes in waves. And I think the time of quote unquote elevated horror is finally over. And I'm so happy. Yes. The slashers are in full swing, dude. I mean, Scream, Evil Dead Rise. For those who don't, I mean, it's it's not, don't get too excited, but there's decent enough reports that Cunningham is interested very much in developing a Friday 13th reboot because of the announcement of the Crystal Lake show. So, like, we are, we're looking good on um, the more fun horror that I like <laughs> being on the rise. Jason's finally coming back to Crystal Lake, hopefully. We will see. As long as Cunningham doesn't have a bug up his ass again, this should happen quite smoothly. It should. He's in a good mood because he's also for sure developing a house reboot. So. I feel like they got to constantly like dangle like a hundred dollar bill on a fishing pole in front of him just to make sure he's, you know, walking in the right direction towards the cash. They have to like hide anything Friday 13th related. Like if he sees Jason's master, like, no, 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 hide it, hide it. Oh my God. Keep him the fuck away from hockey games. <laughs> you don't want that. You don't want that on your conscience. Uh, but yeah, uh, next of kin, just underwhelming for me. And uh, going to be actually kind of hard to squeeze an hours worth of content out of, out of this. So we're going to do our best, but uh, no promises. <laughs> uh, next of kin was directed and co-written by Tony Williams the only horror film he ever made and he only directed four other movies all dramas not a surprise there no um you know what's funny if you type in next account on wikipedia and you click on the wrong movie it takes you to a patrick swayze drama yep which overshadowed this one in the states big time well i mean again look i uh i heard the episode where you guys were quite shocked at uh the power that was ghost and look all i have to say is this you don't underestimate the power of the swayze all right the man was box office gold i will not dispute that <laughs> um, he, he was a god amongst men all right was, by that yeah Wolverines for life go on i've only seen point break uh and uh, the Outsiders. That's that's all I've seen of, of Swayze's work. So I got to work on that. Oh, that's fine. I got Roadhouse. It's waiting for, waiting for when you get here. <laughs> uh, the film was made largely to capitalize on a boom in Australian horror that occurred in the 80s, which came to, or the 70s and 80s, which came to be known as Ozploitation. The 2008 documentary Not Quite Hollywood, the wild untold story of Ozploitation, discusses the rise of the Australian new wave in great detail. And apparently that's where the phrase Ozploitation started being more popularly used after that doc. Mm. Uh, the most popular films to come out of this movement are probably the first three Mad Max films by George Miller, Mad Max, The Road Warrior, and Beyond Thunderdome, kind of the, the go-to uh, Ozploitation films. In this doc, Oscar-winning filmmaker Quentin Tarantino, one of the biggest champions of Ozploitation over the years, sings the praises of Next of Kin, which shined a bigger light on the film, helped it finally get a global re-release by film distributor Second Sight. You can get it right now on secondsight.com for £13, roughly $16 US. It's also streaming on Shudder, which is where I watched it. Uh, I really wanted to watch this documentary 
but uh, it's not streaming anywhere for free right now. Uh, but it is available if you want to rent it. I, I would like to see this eventually. Yeah, I'd, I'd be down to watch that just because uh, I'm all about like, especially as I've gotten older, like documentaries that shed lights on different things I may not be aware of. It's easier, I'm, I'm really easier to do that than trying to devote the limited time I get sometimes to like read a book on it, which I know it sucks. I'm 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 a big advocate of reading, but sometimes it's just easier to watch the documentary. Um but I'd I'd be down to watch that because like I'm sure like I know I named a couple I've seen. I am sure there's shit I am forgetting, as is always tradition that I've seen or I've heard of that I want to see. Um so and like I said, like it I know we've talked about, you know, I know we've talked about foreign films all the time on here and Oscar Sunday, I don't think we've touched on it as much on Mailbags. I actually now I think I don't think I've uh dwelled into putting a bad foreign film on that show yet. Um not off the top of my head, I don't think I have. It it's coming. No country safe on me on the bad. Um <laughs> uh you know we've we've all you know right we've talked about and like I'm a champion of just cinema in general, especially like people you know get out of the american bubble of film like watch stuff from other countries absorb other cultures and you can only do do that if you don't want to travel obviously um the easiest way to do that is to watch films from that 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 um that area of the world and yeah so i'm i i, I would love to delve more into that document watch that document delve more into like our shrine horror or shrine cinema in general i should say yeah, I'd like to, you know, do one of these docs as an episode, I think would give us an opportunity to do some heavy research into one specific type of film and would be, a, I think, a fun experiment. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I, foreign, I, you know, I remember for a long time and like, it was actually not till college, I really opened my mind to like foreign cinema and it was probably one of the best fucking things I could have ever done. Absolutely. Because it's just like what you can, what you see other countries offer and bring to the table. And a lot of cases, like I'll say it a lot more exciting than American cinema because they don't have a little pesky thing called religion again the way usually. Um you know, uh watching what they're willing to do and stuff. And even if it's something as you know has has definitely pushed by a limit of um what I'm willing to uh of good taste looking at your Serbian film, you know, I I've still seen it. I can still say I've seen it and I've you know experienced that that corner of the words film you know i will never watch it again i've experienced it at least every culture has their fucked up shit but you know some more than others and yeah i just when it comes to art i don't think you should close yourself off from any cultures you know i mean genre sure you know we've we've shit on rom-coms enough over here but uh that's all about taste in terms of like you know culture explore it all you know try everything yeah, don't let subtitles fucking sway you. It's okay to read a movie, guys. Do you know that when Mad Max was released in the States, Mel Gibson's voice was dubbed over because American distributors didn't think anyone in the United States would understand Mel Gibson's thick Australian brogue, even though he's speaking fucking English in that movie? Yep. We've talked about forward Italian cinema, where they, even though obviously they dubbed the Italians, but they would even dub the American fucking actors they hired to speak English. For Christ's sakes. <laughs> it, overdubbing is so I hate it so much. It's just just let us hear the movie as it was intended. I like when I tried to watch Train to Busan on Prime Video, I ended up getting a a um 
dubbed copy. So like the, the beginning when the, you know, the guy's in the car and he's like, what's going on here? He's like, what is taking so long? Like, I need to get past here. It's so painfully obvious mm. and stupid. It ru- I was like, this is going to ruin the whole fucking movie. So I turned it off and hunted down the original Shutter. version, which frankly, like, which I thankfully was on Shutter. But I was like, if you're watching the movie that way, you're going to fucking hate this. Yeah. And actually, Shutter also, shout out, has the sequels or sequel to Trainer Basan on there. Um, oh, sequels. There was two. There was the animated one and then a very recent one, Carbon Insula. Um, so if you want to, you can actually watch all of them on Shutter. Um, no, yeah. It, so generally, like regular ass, like dubbing like that, I can't fucking stand because it's like that. It's always so awful. The only time I've ever been able to stand dubbing is actually a time in cinema because that's just a part of its charm. Yeah. In that case, and what they're going for. Um, but most of the times I'm like you, like I know, like at the raid, all my all-time favorite fucking martial arts films. Um, you know, I'll I'll do it if it's a large group of people, like because I just don't want to play that game with anyone. Mm-hmm. But if I have a choice, I'm I'm going to fucking do the subs because I'm not I'm not I'm not dealing with that fucking dub. If it's my party and you came to watch, we're watching it the right way. If you don't, if you don't like reading, you can go. <laughs> Subs or I leave. Yeah. So, yeah. No, for me, it's like I don't. I'm not going to enjoy this if I have to listen to bad white actors say dialogue meant for competent foreign actors. Yeah, especially when they're like it's like country specific shit they're saying. You're like, oh, this is painful to hear you say. <laughs> Oh, it is weird how the Italians are able to get away with a lot of stupid shit. I would not excuse from any other cultures films, but with the Italians, it's like, okay, let's, why not? Yeah. it. They just <laughs> knew how to do it. Or like, you know, like zombie, right? Like it's very clearly dubbed yet. That's a part of it. Strong. It makes no goddamn sense, but it just works for the film. Um, I think what helps with them a lot is that they go out of the way to try to make their films as American as possible. So it's just like, all right, I guess I'll go along with this. Why? Well, what, what was? I think it was. Um, it might have been Zombie. Um, uh, one of one of Fulci's films like went out of their way to tell me that it was in New York, but like I can see it. It's not New York. <laughs> like I'm not stupid. <laughs> not talking about the New York Ripper, are you? <laughs> it might have been that one. I one of them. I don't. It was like the beginning of the film's like, isn't it great living here in New York City? It's like, come on, oh, yeah. stop it. it- there's a good chance that one was zombie. <laughs> it starts out there and then goes to the island. Yep. Ridiculous, you know, but they're trying, you know, everyone wants to be Hollywood. Mm. But I just want, I want them to be themselves, you know, be the best Italian zombie film. Don't try to be the next Dawn of the Dead. You're not going to do it. No, but at the same time, like, like I said, it is fine to me that like, like that 70s 80s era of just italian cinema it's like it should not work but it works wonderfully and it's doing everything that any other like any time we do it for another country it just it's awful but for them it works amazing and critics have compared next of kin to italian jallos like they were you know there's this vibe there they also compared it to roman polanski's horror output kubrick's vision of the shining american slashers like they just if you believe all of them, this movie is like 
an amalgamation of every style of horror film that's out there. Because everyone's like, look at this. Isn't it like this? Isn't it like that? It's like this. No, it's like this. And everyone can't be right. Yeah. And because, well, it's not. And that's not even like me taking a dig of my, It's just not. Like, no, if it, no, it's not like Italian Gialli. Because one, there's, uh, there's more involved mystery. I'll say it. There's a more involved mystery that I'm invested in. And there's way better gore. Um, and a lot more of it. Uh, and no, it's not like the American slashers because they were focused less on story and more on how do we get from point, point kill to point kill two to point kill three. And yeah, sure, some boobs here and there. Like <laughs> they were, which this film is not clearly interested in. Um, Roman Polanski is probably the closest I can see it to. The closest. Yeah. Yeah, but Polanski, like in his, you know, in the like, in his like Rosemary's Baby, Tenant, Repulsion, yeah, phase of his career, the closest, yeah. I agree, but this movie's mostly just you know, what I forgot, Wolfie guy. What's his What's his name again? Oh, Greg McLean. No, the 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 actor. Oh, I'm sorry, John Turok. Yeah, yeah. It's mostly him popping up every like ten minutes and being like, hello. Like just to his girl, like every ten minutes, like oh my, is a monster? No, nope, no, nope, it's Jared. <laughs> it's, every time, it's like, oh, oh here it is, the monster. Nope, it's, it's him again. It's so funny too because as someone who has seen both the Roof Creek movies, I've not seen the TV show. I've been meaning to, but it's I missed my chance when I was on Shutter, and it's kind of a like a bitch to find outside of when Shutter had it. Ah. Um, it's funny because I watched that, and he is a fucking evil, evil son of a bitch. In both Wolf Creek films. So seeing him in that, and then he's like this like just lovely little bloke that <laughs> just really wants to impress this score he's into. I'm like, I'm just waiting for him to drop this, just do a fucking laugh and talk about how he's gonna gut them like a pig and <laughs> and shit. Cause that's the that's the John Gerard I was introduced to when I sat through both Wolf Creek films. <laughs> yeah, this was my intro to him, and for most of the movie, I thought he was Mark Harmon. Because he looks so much like Mark Harmon in the eighties. <laughs> Oh, dude, wait till you watch the Wolf Creek movies and you're like, holy shit, this is not the same guy. Like, he is fucking, he's great. He is chewing scenery as the villain in those both those films. Yeah, those are some modern horror classics that I, I need to get off my list. It's time. I highly recommend. I enjoy both of them very much. Nice. Next of Kin has an IMDb score of 6.3, a letterbox score of 3.4 out of 5, and a coveted Rotten Tomatoes score of 100%. Of course, that's from seven reviews, so take it with a grain of salt. The user score is like 53 or something. I mean, look, I take any reviews I read on Rotten Tomatoes as with a grain of salt, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, fair enough. There's no critics consensus, because like I said, seven people bothered to review this, and they fucking loved it. That's pretty good. Consensus, I think it's legit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there it is. No further research needed. We have found the greatest horror film of all time, and it was made in Australia. Look, Tarantino said it's the best thing Australia ever came out with, apparently. So, like, that's the only validation it needs. That's apparently what most people thought. (laughs) They're like, oh, QT said it was great. So, what more needs to be said? Exactly. And don't don't think this is a shot at like good old QT. I I know I I think I've I think people know my stance on his most recent 
film. With that, I do still really like Cranto and Chano's films. I do. I just don't need his self approval for well, I just for a movie. Yeah, he's not, you know, the ambassador of cult cinema. He's just not. He can like what he likes, but I think it's weird that like just his endorsement led to this film getting another life on Blu-ray and like getting a whole new like audience wave just because he was like, hey, it's pretty cool. Like that's kind of crazy. Yeah. And I mean, look, I actually like I think that's awesome that he could he can do something like that. Like he has that power to be like, hey, this film's really good. And it gives a, a film that probably would have stayed obscure and disappear. Cause at the same time, I'm all about film history. We've talked about film, I'm all about film history and preserving what we can. Yeah. So like the fact that, you know, even if we may not be into it, like obviously, you know, this was Austin's pick. He's very much into it. He has the ability to get the second sight Blu-ray, right? He doesn't have to try to hunt this fucking movie down like a lot of people were trying to do for years and all because tarantino was like hey i like this and fucking second sign went oh my god we can roll with that guys blu-ray let's go let's go and then obviously you know with the audience for the last driving when joe bob showed it you know so you know that that part is cool even if i'm not as into it i know i liked it a bit more than you but you know even if i'm not as into it that's that that's always a a cool thing i i enjoy yeah, well, I know that Austin first discovered this one through the Criterion channel, so this film has been selected as, you know, part of that illustrious group of films. So, here, you know, to each their own, man. I just, you know, didn't get me. It happens. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? You're not Grant Tarantino, okay? And he loved it. It's true. No one gives a flying fiddler's fuck what I have to say. I'm well aware of that. But I'm gonna yeah, keep talking, damn it. Oh yeah. Look, if you guys really give a shit about Crane Tantino Sauce and Top Gun Maverick, and I am gonna make my voice heard. Because <laughs> you know what I didn't give a shit about? Crane Tantino Sauce on Top Gun Maverick. And also, guess what? I disagree with him. He loved it. I thought it was okay. So, you know, take that for what you will. Yeah. You're not gonna burst into flames because you disagreed with the with the holy one. <laughs> what if like he just like burst through my fucking door? He's like, "What the hell did you just say about Top Gun Maverick?" Say that again! I dare you! I double dare you, motherfucker! Just... <laughs> uh, that would be awesome. I would actually, I'd be very careful about what I said. Right. <laughs> well, at least then I could be like, "Look, uh, Tarantino, there's only one thing I want to say to you: and Death Proof is your worst film." And fucking tell me I'm wrong, Tarantino, because you've stated it too. I can see you using like your last moments to just take a stand. <laughs> I can see that big time. Uh, so next of kin grossed about $228,000 fell off the radar pretty quickly. Uh, Australia's premier film magazine at the time, cinema papers never bothered to review the film. So word didn't get around until Tarantino praised it in that documentary in 2008. At the time they were like, eh, we got better things to watch and they just didn't watch this movie. So nobody heard about it. It's amazing how everyone just went, okay. And the movie's out and we're moving on. Like it's, it got a bit of a, like a, another life outside of Australia, but in Australia it was like came and went, move on to the next one. And Ooh, road warrior. Let's watch that. (laughs) That's, that's pretty much what happened. (laughs) And we got over and we're good. Yeah. And then we got Thunderdome. And I don't understand people. Who love Thunderdome? Like, how do you love Thunderdome? You get two minutes of Thunderdome, and then it turns into fucking 
Lord of the Flies. It's okay to admit that the only part of Thunderdome that works, ladies and gentlemen, is everything we fooled the children. <laughs> yes, 100%. He created like the first 20 minutes of the film. After that, that film falls apart hard. And also, it's okay to say that because guess what? We still got the Road Warrior, which is great. We got the first Mad Max, which is good. I, I do like Road Warrior better, obviously. And then we have the most recent one that was badass as fuck. Furry word. So it's, it's, it's okay to admit. Thunderdome's not that great. <laughs> Mad Max is not a flawless film series, is what I'm saying. I'm sorry, <laughs> it's not in that camp of flawless film series. There's so many people who want it to be. They they convince themselves, like, oh no, it's fine. It's fine. I loved Hook. It's fine. No, no. It and also it was a fucking PG 13 Mad Max. Like we got I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure it was. Or is it? Where is my anthology set? No, okay. Let's prove this shit, ladies and gentlemen, I have the anthology set with all of them. Oh, would you look at that? Wow, so we have the first two that are rated R, and then because we want to appeal to the masses beyond Thunderdome is PG-13. So, you know, that's another strike against it. Two men enter, one man leaves. Right. Or in that case, both men leave, because it's fucking terrible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it even comes with the poster for it. Oh, nice. Well, you need to look at because no one sees it, but yeah, it's... yeah. I wouldn't hang that up. I haven't. It, it, this set came with all of them, so it was like a little poster card for each movie. See, the other three, I'd I'd hang up, but Thunderdome, I'd be like, let's tuck this away. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. So usually around this time, we you know, discuss the film, but frankly, what the hell are we going to talk about? You know what I do want to talk about? I made make a note about it. And uh, knowing what we know about Australia and how every fucking animal there wants to eat you, and or desecrate your body. We don't know what they do with your body. Other than eat you. Would you swim in that godforsaken water that we see them briefly swim in? No, not at all. But then again, you know, if you grow up around that kind of wildlife, maybe you're a little less afraid of it. I don't care if you've grown up. An alligator is an alligator. It doesn't care how long you've lived in the fucking area. It's going to eat you. <laughs> I'd be more afraid of the crocodiles because pretty sure there's no gators in Australia. You make a good point. Crocodile. Sorry. <laughs> it's not alligator Dundee, no. is it? <laughs> it will be in my world. <laughs> um, but no. Okay. You've ever run the crocodile hunter? <laughs> I was laughing when they were, the lady was like putting laundry up and there's this like spider the size of her fucking hand and she just like bap, just bats it away. Like I can't imagine yeah. just being like desensitized to that kind of shit right like spiders the fucking snakes there the fact that they're like hey water that probably has a crocodile in it fuck it let's swim in it no stay out (laughs) oh uh so i took no notes until the end when stuff happens which i'm glad something eventually did happen sometimes you get nothing you know saint (laughs) maud Austin, I look, I just want to point this out. Austin, I'm glad you like this film a lot. And while I don't like it as much, nor do I hate it as much as Connor, I'm fairly more in the middle. I'm glad you enjoy this. Sorry you're listening to us, especially Connor. Also Connor, remember that. Destroy this movie. 
Austin, it would not be fair to you if I didn't go as far as I'd have to go. <laughs> Wouldn't be fair. So I'm doing this for you, if anything. <laughs> That's what I'm convincing myself of. Uh, before we get to then, what about fucking stepping into a bathtub with a dead body in it? That was done kind of weird. Like, just light foot on the head of a person of an actor like nobody puts their foot in a bathtub that lightly you don't you don't just lightly step into your bathtub no i well first off i take showers what, what do you do you just fucking barrel in there like the fucking kool-aid man it's just oh yeah every time without a doubt i i have to replace my shower curtain every day because i rip it off the damn ring just leaping into my fucking bathtub <laughs> I think if you just call me setting the shower to the temperature you want it, also you back up and just fucking run into it. I wasn't quite clear. Like what so the deaths were trying to mimic what was in the journal to drive Linda crazy? I believe so. Because Linda's mom had Rita committed because Linda's mom was the crazy one and Rita was like, hey, I think you're crazy. Mom was like, well, fuck you. I'm committing you. No, I think Rita was legitimately crazy and Linda's mom was trying to get her out. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. And, and then so, she killed Linda's mom in retaliation. Ah, okay. There it is. And Rita has been Trying to drive Linda crazy because more revenge. Yes. Okay. All right. Sure. I'll. I feel like there's an easier way to write that, but okay. Sure. You could just have more action happen in your film so that that gets conveyed more clearly. Yeah. Instead of her trying to bone Mick Taylor, who that time referring to John Travolt. <laughs> Hello. That's all he did. The whole movie, just like Hello. Just pop in, optimistic. Like, what are we right. doing? I don't know. Do you want to hang out and possibly bone later? That's <laughs> <laughs> oh. I won't carve your face off. That's way down the line. You want to have a woman you don't care for drive us to a party you kind of don't already want to go to? <laughs> and then just get to the car. Oh, crikey. I see we don't have room in the car. <laughs> Like, no, uh, no shit. Did you guys like? Were you unprepared for her to get in the car? I see this. This is the kind of riveting storytelling that you can only get in Australia. <laughs> no American film would have the balls to have a scene where a guy has a f- mutual friend the girl doesn't really like drive them to a party, but then there's not enough room in the car, so the girl just doesn't go to the party. I mean, that's just. I mean. That defines a filmmaker's career right there. If only you had someone like Steve Irwin in the background where like, Crikey, look at that. It's a gate. It's we'll say gator. <laughs> he is the crocodile hunter. How are you fucking this up? <laughs> Guess all there's a will, there's a way. Oh, Ricky, look at that there crocodile. I'm gonna go piss it off. I wish he was there, like 
at the end, he's like, all right, this, this woman is clearly deranged. I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna find her a new home. <laughs> but first, I got to catch her. <laughs> at the end of this movie is Steve Irwin just trying to tackle Rita. I, this movie becomes a 10 star, like a 10 out of 10, without a doubt. As you see, she's trying to do the death roll on me. Is that right? But uh, yeah, Rita's alive and apparently was the lady who got dropped off in the wheelchair in the rain at the beginning. The guy just drops her in the yard and drives off, which was hilarious. I imagine that's how most old folks end up at retirement homes. Is that not how you plan on dropping off your your grandparents? (laughs) Later. I like to drop, like, just random. Like whenever, my, whenever I get like you know, some snide comment, I'm like, "Hey, remember who's picking the home here?" <laughs> oh, dude, I used to, as a joke, in case my dad said anything like like snide like that to me, I just look at him and be like, "One day when you're in a wheelchair, someone is going to forget the brakes on a hill." And be like, oh. Yeah, you're like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, "Keep it up." <laughs> I like to tell my dad, especially, like, you know, what are you thinking? Shady Acres or Warm Shoals or what? Like, what sounds better to you? <laughs> Shuffleboard, bingo? Like, what's your priority? <laughs> actually, that's my parents. Especially, like, oh, no, I do. do I do that with my mom. She's like, she's like, you want to just, I'm like, no, I'm just going to put you in a home. Like, they'll take care of you. I'll visit. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> Caleb, oh my god, I'm like, what? Nah, no one's going in a home. Well, not by me. I won't be the one to do it. I, I yeah, I'm joking. It's just fun for me. Especially I always like to pull the, the, the housing market bomb. Like it's you think I can afford some economy's a shambles. <laughs> shambles. Come on. We gotta think of number one here, and that's me. Yeah. Everything I've done for you, and I appreciate it. I'm going to make sure because of that that you get the utmost care wherever I take you. You get to go to the nice one, not the Roach Motel across the street. Remember that. Oh my God. Right. They feed I you guess... with this one. <laughs> they don't have someone like Ben Stiller from fucking Happy Gilmore threatening the old ladies. You will go to sleep or I will put you to sleep. <laughs> Oh God, great stuff! Ooh. But I do love that he like. I know it's a ruse. It's like, oh, it's not really an old lady, but this guy just drops her off in the rain in a wheelchair and then takes off. Yeah, right. Like look, not even I mean, in the building, just out in the yard. Yeah, and all joking aside, if you're tro- if you're you know coming to the point where you have to put your you know your your folks or grandparents or whatever in old folks' home, don't just drop them off in the rain outside. Like take them inside to the lobby. And get them checked in. That's a whole process, people. You got to fill out paperwork. It's not like you're just dropping your, you know, your friend who just OD'd on an eight ball. You're not just dropping him in front of the hospital and then taking off. It's not that. I mean, you shouldn't do that either. But I mean, it's not bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's the lady who turns out to be Rita, and yeah, doesn't go too well. She kills fucking everybody, like yeah. the whole damn house. She killed like all the, which I'm like, why kill all the old people? That's a little mean. Like they had nothing to do with your plot. Uh, and her kid shows up and is like this crazy, like reject from Hans Gruber's death squad, who just starts, you know, 
trying to attack Lindo. He looks just like all the blonde Germans from Die Hard, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm not like I'm not crazy. Am I like he could be, you know, fucking Fritz or something? He was a rejected member, and this is his. Uh, this is why he's psycho. <laughs> <laughs> he blew his audition for Die Hard, and it drove him insane. <laughs> oh, yeah. She. How does he die again? No, he gets the fucking he gets blown up at the convenience store. Oh yeah, he yeah the car. I forgot about that. Okay. Yeah, she gets a fucking the rod to the eye, which was actually kind of cool. I'll give him the oh, car on that one. That was hilarious. She's like, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" In the keyhole, and then just <laughs> bop. <laughs> she was like, that was hilarious. <laughs> she just kills over like <laughs> fuck, and she, Linda takes off. That is not how she pictured. Her revenge ending, I guarantee it. That's perfect. <laughs> I would love that sound effect. Bop. That's what went through my head. <laughs> I heard that. Peekaboo, I see you. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> oh, jeez. See, yeah, you know, if I gotten maybe more than five minutes of movie out of this, this would have this would have been fine. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, that that was cool when she uh fucking. I forgot that even happens with the whole eye in the keyhole. And I was watching, and I was like, "How did she get right?" I literally, I was like, "Damn, I forgot a lot of this movie since I watched it." And I literally only watched it last year. Um. <laughs> And then I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right. She uh, she used the, she used the aisle. She was full advantage for once in a horror movie." Um, and and also, yeah. if you're the bad guy, you know, we can't all be Billy. Don't stick your eye in the keyhole. Yeah, look, I know it's a cool uh, image when you see and when you see the eye through the keyhole in movies. But look, uh, first, of all, okay, look, let me preface saying you should not go be going around killing people. Bad. Uh. But maybe not in the process of whoever you're pursuing. Look through the fucking keyhole, and if you're being the one pursued, also don't look through the fucking keyhole in case they want to stick something into your eye. <laughs> yeah, that's good advice. Um, so Linda gets the hell out of there. She ends up at a convenience store with some kid who has a shotgun. Right. And- oh, cracky! I need to get out of here now. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and fucking Carl or whatever it was drives through the fucking store and then just gets blasted by the shotgun. I like how she's like sitting there calmly with the kid playing that that ice cube thing, whatever the fuck it, the sugar cube, I should say. Um, and yeah, he just ruins it by blasting his car through there, which was a little excessive. Like, come on, man, you could you could get out of the vehicle and surprise them both, but I guess that works too. <laughs> and then they just leave and the place blows up and that's the end of the movie i guess there's no one left to find anything out so you know roll cur- roll credits guess we're you done apparently here. you apparently killed the whole town apparently yeah this which is why you get steve Irwin, the crocodile hunter it's probably like blimey what's happened here <laughs> i wish you know i wish that while you know he the show was on there was like a like a haunted house episode where he like took on a ghost 
Crikey, I'm going to investigate. Piss it off. <laughs> that could have been great. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you. This this case got on the got caught in wind of dog the bounty hunter, and he hunted her down because <laughs> he's the dog. <laughs> Why are so many reality shows popping into this one? I don't know. It's fun for me right now. Uh, I guess, like, what, is Linda going to go probably... She's going to help me take the fall for all this. Yeah, she's probably going to look... If she's being real well, to quote Anchorman, she's going to need Lilo. <laughs> she's probably probably, be, probably live out in the woods. Like, let's be honest. She's going to adopt a child because he has no one, and he lost the one sense of home he ever had, apparently. This is gonna sound like a dumb question, but ha- did we have we had we met that kid before? Yeah, the beginning. Okay, see, I don't remember that. When he was like Linda, Linda, and she first popped up at the convenience store, and they're like, "Oh, we've upgraded the place. Do you want some uh, uh, burger from a wild animal we caught outside?" Maybe <laughs> five minutes ago. Okay, that's coming back. <laughs> I, that's how like I assume Australia. If you're in a burger, they go out there and they kill the animal and then they give it to you. <laughs> Australia is like is like if England and Texas had a really fucked up kid. Here's your burger, mate. <laughs> Pretty much, uh, and we mean this with all respect. Yeah, we killed a wildebeest for this. You better enjoy it. <laughs> Slaughtering one wildebeest for one burger. I, I love that one one beast per sandwich. I love like I love like you just like yeah I'll take the burger and you as soon as you say that you just hear this and then a guy go outside and you just hear a scuffle you hear a a brutal guttural shriek and then silence <laughs> just like what's happening back there he's like nothing just the chef <laughs> making final preparations there. <laughs> Something fucking bloody as shit. Just eating your burger. He comes back. He's like, wait a minute. Did you want the bison burger or for the will to be? He's like, bison. He's like, oh, all right, give me 20 more minutes. <laughs> he comes in back with like a thousand yards there for your burger. Oh, I'm sorry. I wanted this. I wanted this medium rare. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh. <laughs> he kills another one. <laughs> this restaurant would not last very long. <laughs> no. <laughs> he finally just snaps and throws a fucking plate at the dude. <laughs> Jeez, fine. All right, I'll have a salad. Oh god. All right. Here's here's a couple of filmgasm facts for next of kin. One, the famous final scene was serendipity for the film. The camera was supposed to track into the back of the truck, which would then depart. After panning around to look back at the diner, it was going to explode. However, the special effects guy activated the explosion too soon. While the camera was still panning, reflecting it onto a highway sign. At the release, many of the audience members commented that not showing the explosion fully was the strongest part of the scene. So they fucked up, but it accidentally ended up making people think it was a really smart camera decision. This is a really artistic choice that I approve of. (laughs) That reminds me of a story I read where um, Radiohead was doing a show. And the roadies were out. It'd be, you know, tuning the guitar, playing it a little, make sure it was in tune. When they were done, 
everyone started applauding because they thought that was a new song. <laughs> is it art if it's an accident? I don't know. Those are some talented birdies. Let me tell you what. <laughs> uh, number two. Next of Kin in 1982 was the winner of the Best Film Award at Sitges International Fantastic Film Festival in Spain. Richard Kuipers at the Australian Screen website commented that Next of Kin was all but ignored in Australia, yet won Best Director ahead of Sam Raimi for The Evil Dead at the Sitges International Festival of Fantastic and Terror Films, one of the most prestigious awards in fantasy cinema. So interesting that in Australia this had no life, but in Spain apparently it outshined Evil Dead. Yeah, which is bullshit because Sam, knowing what we know, Sam Raimi had to accomplish even get Evil Dead made. One hundred percent sure on Sam Raimi. Um, One thing but, you cannot fault in the Evil Dead it is the direction. No, no, especially in that original trilogy. And I even argue with the reboot and what looks good with this upcoming one is that they have all been of the indie low budget um, spirit. Um, that you know what's funny, and I say this as someone whose heritage is French and Spaniard, it only makes sense that Spain would fucking be like, no, this is uh, this is high art. This film from Australia, it's uh, it's just the things it's talking about, man. The things it's talking about. I'm gonna make a film that is comprised of 45 minutes of blank screen. So Skinamarink, <laughs> which I haven't seen yet. It's coming on Shutter in February, and that's how I'm watching it because I'm having to mentally prep for every, for that particular film. Yeah, I went in blind and was like, "This is I, this is crazy." But, oh, uh, dude, when you told me you were going to watch it, I was like, "I don't think Connor knows because I had already kind of heard about it, the it's the type of film it was." I was like, "He and I saw your thing." I was like, "Yep, just what I thought." But I want to trick people. I want to trick people into admitting I'm a genius, but I'm not. I want to do like, you know, 45 minutes of blank screen and then like a clown flipping a pancake or some shit. And then, you know, I don't know, Finn. <laughs> and then I want, I'm going to call it like, you know, struggle or something. And there's going to be idiots out there who praise me for my artistic genius when in fact I'm full of shit. Yeah. Yeah. They, it, every time. Quick, I will say this. Do you actually, do you, do you, are you, um, what do you have hopes for the future of the director of Skimmer Rink? I, sh- I don't know how to word that, but like, are you looking forward to any future projects from him if he goes down a more traditional path? <laughs> or there are moments in Skinner Rink that scared the ever loving shit out of me, so yes, I think if if he focuses on that and not so much dimly lit camera angles of a staircase, then yeah, I think this guy could really be somebody. Uh, I just hope he, you know, gets to do a little something a little more traditional because they're, yeah, like I said, there's some scary shit in that movie. It just takes an hour and a half to get there. Yeah, no, I that's been my biggest thing. When I at first was like, well, I want to support, you know, I'll try to support. Like, I know next month if I can, I really want to see the Outwaters. Um, it's from you know the same, it's the Screenbox people, Blaze Gusting, same guys that were promoting. Terrifier 2 last year, it's their next thing they're trying to like promote and get out there. Um, I really want to try to check that out in theaters. I've heard some fucking terrific things about that. The trailer looks intense and creepy and just all sorts of cool. When I heard about Skin Rank, and then I heard what the type of film it was, and then it's runtime, I was like, I, look, I want to support, but no. 
I'm sorry. I'm not, not, no, I will wait. And when I heard it was coming to Shutter, I was like, oh, there you go. I'll wait. I'll fucking wait. I went on my birthday because Colton invited me. And I was like, let's do this. And we were both kind of like, what the fuck? But also during those scary moments, the whole damn audience went apeshit. And I got to see Colton crumble as it got into his head. And I've never seen that before. So that was fun. Oh, that's nice. But uh, no, <laughs> I love I love hearing about your birthday movie experiences. They fill me with so much joy and humor. I I'll watch anything. Doesn't mean I'm going to enjoy it. With that, I give Next of Kin a five. I couldn't get into it. Plot's too slow. Characters aren't engaging. Story's hard to get into. I didn't care for it. I don't. I don't know if I'll ever go back to this. Yeah, I, I'll probably I'll probably do a six. I, you know, I think there is something here. I just think I'm I'm kind of with you, and like I, I said at the top of it, you know, I do think this thing is too slow for its own good, and not a lot of the characters pop out. And the only reason John Trout pops out is again, if you've seen Wolf Creek, you're like, hey, it's Mick Taylor. You know, it's not even like a oh, what a great fucking role he's playing it's like hey it's this guy i really like and i recognize him from something that he has become synonymous with um so yeah and like i said like don't get me wrong like when last 10 minutes hit like it is interesting but it's literally the last 10 minutes and the film's over so yeah i wanted more i needed more i didn't get it so nope it's not like this is going to shut me off from australian cinema at all i would never do that not like i did with but the- if you <laughs> I need to do what? I would, not like I did with the French. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for listening, everyone. I know this was not probably the episode many of you know, if you guys like this movie, you probably, this might be your last episode, and that's okay. You know? <laughs> we had it, fun. Even though the movie was kind of shit, we had fun. <laughs> yeah, and you know, you know, for those who are hoping for end up, want end up analysis on this film, sorry, one, it's incredibly hard to find anything on this film still, even though it has had all this recent resurgence and you know availability and um, you know, being seen and whatnot. And also, like, even if you do like it, like, not a lot happens in this film to um discuss in depth about. Like, it it literally almost nothing of note happens to the last ten minutes. Yeah, so not our usual fare, but you know, it's a lot of films out there. So maybe next week, I can promise next week's a better movie. <laughs> uh, if you like the show, feel free to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. We're at Filmgasm Productions on Letterboxd. You look up Connor95, check out some of my stuff, and then you can find everyone else from there. If you want to suggest films for us to check out, you can email us at filmgasm at gmail.com or check out our socials. Uh, check out our website, filmgasm.com. Where we've got reviews, articles, trailers of upcoming films, and every episode of our shows. If you want to support the show through Anchor, you can click on support this podcast on your preferred provider. We appreciate it. Next week, we're going back to the M. Night Shyamalan well in honor of the release of his new film, Knock at the Cabin, which hits theaters on February 3rd. Here's hoping. This doesn't suck. I don't pull a fucking old on me, Shyamalan. Like, 
this trailer looks good. Like, oh, let it actually be good. Yeah. When a family experiences bizarre symbols in their crops, they begin to realize that their farm has been targeted by an invading extraterrestrial force as one of their many landing sites across the world. Can the Hess family rediscover their faith in time to save themselves from the hostile aliens? Next week, we find out with 2002's Signs. In my opinion, one of the most unnerving and eerie horror flicks ever made. This thing fucked me up as a kid, and I'm excited to dig into it proper. Yeah, I, you know, I, should be a good episode. You know, I don't want to take away your your love for this film. I, you know, if anyone's listening, I kind of fall into the camp that the twist kind of undoes it for me. But before that, yes, there's a lot of very unnerving, real, very well done scenes. Um, and, and you know, the, you know, for me, up to that twist, it was a really good film. Obviously, I know Jess talked about the famous birthday tape sequence with Joaquin mm-hmm. Phoenix. Oh, mm-hmm. hey, what what a through line there, Joaquin Phoenix, huh? Intense. <laughs> I mean, you know, bad if you didn't listen to last week's episode. Um, it's funny. but uh, yeah, I should be a fun episode. I know how much you like this film, even if I, I'm not as keen on it. So should be fun. Well, signs. My my affinity for it stems mostly from my experience as a seven year old getting absolutely terrified by this movie and it's stuck in my head ever since so i, I can't fault it because it's one of the few films that scared the absolute shit out of me so that's 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 a special spot totally get that <laughs> don't miss the 2010 mockumentary i'm still here on fridays beyond the bad and a best picture showdown centered around 2014's birdman on oscar sunday until then if you inherit a mysterious nursing home sell that shit immediately and just stay away from an obviously sinister situation. See y'all next week.